was using this morning, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I was just reading this in several versions this afternoon. Listen to this in the Jerusalem translation. There is nothing I cannot master with the help of one, the one who gives me strength. The New American Bible, in him who is the source of my strength, I have strength for anything. The Maltby translation, united with him who empowers me, I have strength for every situation. The Barclay translation, he who fills me with his dynamic power has made me able to cope with any situation. Hallelujah. We just, um, hallelujah. The only limitations we have are whatever God's, any, any limitations God has, we have the same one. Well, and we, he doesn't have any, so, hallelujah, except his limitation to his word. Hallelujah. He's limited himself that he won't do anything apart from his word. And so that's our only limitation too. Praise God. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your word that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Father, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened tonight, that we might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of our, the inheritance you've given us in the saints. Father, we thank you for tonight that you open our ears, that we have ears to hear, that we are doers of the word. We do not deceive ourselves, but Father, we act on what we hear. We, um, Father, faith comes tonight and is activated by hearing. And Father, when faith comes, we act immediately in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, that we have, we're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, the Holy Spirit gave me a specific message for you tonight, and it may take us a couple of weeks to get it done because I have quite a few scriptures, but um, the, the Lord began to t t talk to me uh, this past weekend or past few days about pleasing God about pleasing God. And so I had not told Pastor that. And this morning he referenced or referred to something about pleasing God. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit orchestrates everything, isn't it? So uh, God, want, we, I want to please God, don't you? And I want to be pleasing to God. But, um, it, and I think we ought to know how to please God. But one of the things the Lord really quickened for me to tell you was that He is not hard to please. Sometimes we get to thinking, and the devil would like for us to think, that we serve a hard-to-please God. But the Lord wants me to ensure you, in, encourage you tonight and, in, and, and make sure you know that He is not hard to please. You know, being hard to please would be a bad character trait. You know, if a woman came into my office for counseling and she says, my husband is hard to please. In fact, he's just nearly impossible to please. It's like it doesn't seem no matter what I do, I can please him. We would say that husband had a negative character trait, wouldn't we? That that wasn't a godly thing. That that wasn't a wholesome thing. That that wasn't a life-giving thing to be hard to please. And yet we would take that and put it over on our God a lot of times and we would let the devil begin to make us think that he was hard to please. That you could just never live up to it. You could just ne Have you ever felt like I could just never live up to what God wants? I could just never be enough. Or, or have you felt this way? I'm always falling short. And you know we even get in the pulpit in many churches and say, for all fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Really emphasizing how we all fall short of the glory of God. Well, I tell you, the minute you got saved, you quit falling short of the glory of God. You did fall short of the glory of God. Every per There's not one person ever been born that was, that was righteous. 
When the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one, that's Old Testament, y'all know. And we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, that's who we were, sinners, that had fallen short of the glory of God. But we don't fall short anymore. Amen? You do not fall short of the glory. In fact, you've got the glory of God on the inside of you. You are complete in Him. Hallelujah. Amen? You've got the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelling inside of you. Hallelujah. So you're not falling short of the glory. You're walking, you're walking with it in you and walking with it on you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, uh, but, but in those sermons and, and those teachings like that, many times we've got to feeling like, well, God's hard to please. And He's not hard to please. Amen. And so I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 1 tonight. And we're going to find out how to please God. Hallelujah. Because we can't, we don't, if we just sit back on our laurels, we won't be pleasing. We won't please Him. Amen. Now, in, 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 in technicality, the blood of Jesus is what causes us to be pleasing to God. But there's also an experiential thing where we, where we act on what we've been given and that causes us to be pleasing to God. In Colossians 1.10, uh, it says uh, <clears throat> that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. In other words, that ye might be pleasing to God. That you'd walk worthy of Him and that you'd be pleasing. And Paul was praying a prayer there. If you back up a verse, it says in verse 9, uh, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you to be to des pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy. So uh, to be filled with His will, that you'd walk worthy, that you'd be pleasing to Him. But He gives us in verse 10 the two conditions that it takes to be pleasing to God. And the two conditions are this, is one, being fruitful. If you're not being fruitful, then you're not pleasing God. In other words, you're not taking what He's given you and you're not lining your actions up to be to, with that. And so it's not pleasing to Him. And then increasing in the knowledge of God. There's two things that make you pleasing to God. And that's if you'll be fruitful and if you will increase in the knowledge of God. It's not pleasing to God when we quit growing spiritually. That's talking about growing spiritually. I, I, I know lots of people, I know personally lots of people that aren't growing spiritually. Now, I'm not talking about in this church, but we all have relatives. We all have, you know, friends uh, from high school and things like that. I, I'm believing and, and praying that everybody in this church is growing spiritually. However, some grow faster than others, and you can grow as fast as you would like. You can increase more. Amen? We can increase more and more every day. Growth doesn't have to be something that, well, you know, every 10 years I've grown a little. No, we can grow every day in the knowledge of God. Go closer to Him. And so the two requirements to being, um, to, 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 uh, to being pleasing to God is that you be fruitful. In other words, that you bear fruit. Turn over to John chapter 15, and let's look at this fruit-bearing scripture. Amen. It's so important to God that we bear fruit. We're not here just to take up space on the earth. Just to breathe and take up oxygen. Hallelujah. We're here for a purpose, aren't we? We're His representatives. 
Amen. If we're not going to bear fruit, we might as well go to heaven, hadn't we? Amen. But we're here to be His representatives. Uh, John chapter 15, it says, uh, <clears throat> let's see, where do we want to start? Uh, let's start in verse 1, I guess. <laughs> okay, I think where else to start, so let's start in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Aren't you glad God cleans us up through the word, not through tragedy and all that? Now if He wants to get us clean, He gives us the word. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. You know, if you're not staying close to Him, you're not doing anything. You're just treading water, you're just spinning your wheels. If we don't stay close to Him, you know, it's in Him that we bear fruit. Amen. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me, but I can't do hardly anything if I don't do it from the inside. Amen. And you know, we have to, we have to stay, uh, uh, we have to find out what His will is and act on it and do it. I told you about the minister that, um, and I forget who it was, I, I, but I was listening to a tape and he said that uh, he, um, <clears throat> He threw on this huge, big convention. I mean, kind of like what we did with Pastor Buzzy, only he was a huge convention. And uh, after it was a three- or four-day convention, and when it was over the last night, as he was stepping down the steps, after they'd said the final amen, the Lord said, it's already burned up. Boy, <laughs> I tell you what, that'll get your attention, won't it? Amen. So we got to be cognizant. Or is what we're doing, is this a fruit-bearing thing? I think we ought to take a microscope to our lives every once in a while and say, you know, is this bearing fruit? You know, sometimes we're doing things that we don't, e we aren't even enjoying, and yet we're kind of going. We're, we're doing this. We're, we're, and it's not even bearing fruit in a natural level, much less a spiritual, uh, a spiritual level, um, <clears throat> and bear much fruit. I am the vine, ye are the branches. The, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. That was verse 5. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth of the branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. This is talking about the unsaved in verse 6. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. There we go with some prayer fruit there. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. And so he tells us there about bearing, uh, bearing fruit, more fruit. He talks about much fruit. And, uh, and he talks about much fruit again. So fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and much fruit. So we're to be fruit bearers. Amen. There's lots of ways to bear fruit. You've got to find your way. But one of the ways that all of us are to bear fruit is in prayer. We're to be bearing prayer fruit. Asking, as Pastor said, all we have to do is the asking part this morning. But asking um, what you will. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. See, we abide in Him, but, we don't, but, you, but it's up to you whether His words abide in you. You can abide in Him. In other words, be saved, but His word not be abiding in you. Amen. But when his word abides in you, you'll ask what you will. When see, when his word abides in you, you won't ask amiss. 
And so you'll get your prayers answered. Because James said, you have not because you ask not, and you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. But when His Word's abiding in you, you won't ask amiss. So guess what? You get your prayers answered every time because you never ask amiss. Amen? Hallelujah. And you'll be bearing fruit. This is one of the predominant ways that we bear fruit is in prayer. All of us can bear prayer fruit. You know, I was talking to the Lord about prayer. Let me see if I can get this just exactly like He told me. I told the Lord one day, I said, Lord, I love prayer. I just love prayer. But I said, you know, some, and I told the Lord, Lord, I just love prayer. But sometimes it's like I get to start to pray and I don't know where to start. Did y'all ever feel like you didn't know where to start? You know, there is the whole world out there and and all these church members, and, and hallelujah. So sometimes it's like, I don't know where to start. He said, uh, he said, and as quick as I finished saying it, the Lord said, Debbie, that's because you make prayer an event instead of, an, a, life, instead of a lifestyle. And he said, just, if you'll just make prayer a lifestyle throughout the day, and as the Holy Spirit brings things to your heart, if you'll pray them, you'll get it all done. Amen. When, when, God, when the Holy Spirit brings things and people and situations to your heart, you know, we, we, we take too much credit for ourselves. We think, we think about people. And we think about them. And we think about them. And we think about them. But God doesn't put people on our minds and on our hearts for us to think about them. Amen? He puts them on our hearts for us to pray for them. That's why they keep coming to our mind. Did you ever have somebody keep coming to your mind throughout the day? Two things. He either wants you to pray for them or contact them. He does not give you people to think about. Amen? It's either pray for them or contact them. Amen? And I, I'd probably start with the prayer and see where it went from there. You know? But anyway, pray for them or contact them. And... Um, <clears throat> Paul said it this way. He said, remember Paul all the time was saying something sort of like this. He said, I made mention of you in my prayers. Or I do not cease to give thanks for you. That ye might be this. Or that ye might do that. Or even like he said there in Colossians. That ye might walk worthy of him. And that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will. And hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And if we'd quit making prayer an event and we'd start making it a lifestyle, a flow, let's say it that way. If we'd make it a flow throughout our day. And yes, we will have prayer events. We will have times that are prayer events. Amen. When we get before the Lord. But, but you can't make, you can't do what Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing and make prayer an event. Because you don't have an event every day. And if we're going to pray without ceasing, it's going to have to be a lifestyle of, of, of just back and forth between us and God and us and the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? People come to our mind. We make mention of them in our prayers. We lift them up before the throne, uh, asking God. And you know, sometimes God, it, 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 sometimes it's just not, not a lot of prayers required. Amen? <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So that's a way we can be fruitful, that we can bear fruit. And there's many ways, and we have to find our way of bearing fruit. You know, Pastor Avery's way of bearing fruit, one of them is going to Russia. But that's not how God wants all of us to bear fruit. That would be a non-fruit-bearing thing for me to do. It takes all my faith just to be in Russia. I've been there, and it took all my faith just to be there I didn't have any left over to really minister anybody real effectively. I thought we prayed for some people and we handed out tracts and we talked to some people. 
But that's not, that's not my best way of bearing fruit. And you know, you have to find your best way of bearing fruit. But all of us are called to bear prayer fruit. Amen? If you're a wife, you're called to bear fruit in prayer. If you're a mother, you're called to pray. If you're a grandmother, you're called to pray. Amen. And if you're not any of your single and not any of those, then the Bible talks and we'll read it in Corinthians about how your whole life can be given to the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you don't have to think about a husband and you don't have to think about a wife. And Paul said, you ought to be so thankful. And most of the world's like, oh God, if I could just get a husband, if I could just get a wife, you know, then, you know, but we are complete in him. We are not complete in them. Amen. And if you don't get complete in yourself, hallelujah, you're going to make a sorry wife or a sorry husband. Amen. Because we don't need any codependent. You know, you got to be where you're complete. Amen. Hallelujah. So, bearing fruit. Find your area to bear. Some people bear fruit, much fruit in children's ministry. Amen. Some people bear fruit in the nursery ministry. You know, thank God for nursery ministers that cause children to get off to a good start in church. There's nothing like having a negative uh, experience in church, is there? You know, we don't want anybody to ever have a negative experience in church, even children. Amen? So there's nursery ministers that uh, have a, that they, they bear fruit for the Lord there. Hallelujah. And there's just more than, you know, there are, are uh, uh, evangelists out there on bikes or you know you know biker evangelists and stuff i know somebody has motorcycle church or something you know praise god how whatever rings your bell however however god calls you to bear fruit amen kevin bears fruit in music ministry praise god as do some of the rest of you hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus for good fruit being born and you know we ought to quit doing things in in every realm of our life that aren't bearing good fruit Amen. Even in the natural realm, we ought to examine some of the things we're in. Even in our job, we ought to say, man, am I bearing fruit here? And if I'm not bearing fruit, I ought to use my faith and get myself into a new place, shouldn't I? Hallelujah. Praise God. Because I can tell you, if you're in the wrong place, you're miserable and you're making everybody there miserable. Isn't that right? And so, and you know, sometimes things are are bare fruit for a while, but have you ever noticed when the grace is over? Hallelujah. Have y'all ever been there when the grace lifted? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, when the grace is gone, it's time to use our faith and move on, isn't it? Praise God. The Weymouth translation of uh, Colossians 1.10, where it says being fruitful in every good work and uh, uh, increasing in the knowledge of God. The Weymouth says that your lives may be worthy of the Lord and perfectly pleasing to Him. And let's read this in the Amplified. Colossians 1.10. I, I thought it was it really said something in the Amplified. don't want to be read it just to be reading it, but when it really says something, it says <clears throat> that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, and desiring to please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. That's, that's so good about uh, increasing in the knowledge of God. That you would be steadily growing. 
Are you growing? You ought to give yourself a checkup tonight and say, Am I, have I been growing lately? Have I been growing? That you'd be steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight. Are you getting revelation? Amen. You can be sitting in a church where revelation's flowing and you not be getting any. See, revelation is not uh, the pastor's responsibility. It, it, you know, it comes from your attitude and your seeking and your heart. And um, with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance and recognition that we'd be steadily growing. Uh, I'm going to read it from the message translation. Colossians 1.10. That's always fun to find it in the message because you know he don't, he doesn't, excuse me, he doesn't number his verses. So you kind of just have to take a stab at it. I'll just start at the paragraph. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us. I like it when it says that um, making Him proud of you. Making Him proud of you. Being pleasing to the Lord as you learn more and more how God works. You will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Amen. One of the things that God ministered to me as I was thinking about pleasing Him, and this is, goes along with being fruitful, increasing in the knowledge of God, is that you just keep on keeping on. When you're increasing in the knowledge of God, you're just keeping on going. When In, in good times, in bad times, through thick and through thin, when it feels good, when it doesn't feel so good, when things are hard, when things are easy, that you just keep on going. That's one of the things I want to encourage all of us tonight is that we keep on going. That we keep on going. That we keep on pressing towards the mark. Amen? Hallelujah. Because it's important. Uh, let's turn and look at some scriptures, some more scriptures about pleasing God. And let's look, turn to Col uh, Romans 8.8. 8. Hallelujah. If we are going to please God, we can't stop. We cannot take a three-month, a six-month, a three-year vacation from that increasing in God. If we're going to be pleasing, we've got to bear fruit. We've got to increase in the knowledge of God. We can't stop. Now, I tell you, I've been in this long enough. I've been in this 20-something years. We got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980. Been saved since 1964, but baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980. So what is that? That's more than 20-something years, isn't it? No, it's 20-something. 23 years, yeah. 23 years. So, and, uh, you know, sometimes you're excited and sometimes you're not. Sometimes it's everything's flowing. Sometimes it seems like it's not. But the key to all of it is keep on. To keep on going. And I'm here to encourage you to not keep on. I'm here to tell you tonight, Galatians says, be not weary in well-doing. 
For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. I personally think the body of Christ has been in a season for a couple or three years now. I hadn't liked it. I'm praying this is not how it is from now on. Where the body of Christ is. I say it again, Lord love us so much you don't leave us where we're at. But the key family is for us not to give up, but for us to keep on keeping on. I tell you, you know, Joyce Meyer says this, and I believe it. She says, when nothing seems like it's going on on the outside, something is going on on the inside. When it seems like nothing's going on on the outside, or not what we think should be, undercover, God is moving. I, I, I want you to think about the 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 tremendous things that are happening in the earth today that we can see in the natural realm. They uh, said that normal for May is 179 tornadoes. That's the average for May in the United States. This year, and I don't, this wasn't counting yesterday. I don't know what happened yesterday. This was like Friday that I heard this. So we've had another day. Already, halfway through May, 489 tornadoes in the United States in the month of May. I'm telling you, there is a cataclysmic crash in the spirit realm going on. I don't know what it all means, but I know that it is significant, this weather. In Alabama, this is already the rainiest May on record. And it's possibly going to pass the rainiest month of any month of the year on record. We've never had more than 20 inches of rain in a month in Alabama, any month, any year. And this one, very well, because of what's been going on, could pass that record. I don't think that's insignificant. I, I mean, I don't know what's happening, but let me tell you something. Something's happening underneath it all. I want to remind you of the changes that have happened in Tuscaloosa County this year. The head of the Ku, Ku Klux Klan, let me say this right, died this year. It has a spiritual significance in our county. This man, right after he died, like the next week, we saw this um, documentary on TV about the Ku Klux Klan, and this was one of the meanest, most vile head honchos in that whole thing and he that has been a, there's been a change in the spirit and of course we don't have to mention all the other upheaval that has gone on but I'll tell you something the stand that this president of this university who had only been here a month and a half but the stand that he took opened the door for God in our county it has a spiritual significance had he chosen another way, a door would have been shut for God to do what he wants to do. But this opened the door. Hallelujah. And I can tell you, you'll, you'll begin to see and, and I, the, that righteousness will exalt this county and this state. Amen. Hallelujah. It, it, was, it was monumentally significant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's so amazing um, <laughs> to watch how sinners think about sin. You know, then they interviewed the lady on TV at the joint down there in Pensacola. She, it was amazing to me. She said, just good, clean fun. I'm like, isn't it funny how sinners think about sin? They think nothing of it. 
she's lost. She thinks that's good, clean fun. And uh, that was amazing. I laughed. But, and we were in, down in the Gulf Shores, and, of course, everybody that asked us, and it seemed like everybody asked us, where are you all from? Tuscaloosa. Well, everybody, you know, had something to talk. <laughs> we were famous down there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so um, one guy said to us, you know, we said, well, you know, he said, yeah, that was the best decision. You know, that was good. He said, I don't think there would have been anything wrong with it if he just hadn't spent the university's money. And I'm like, it is so funny how the sinner thinks about sin. It, but I'm telling you, God looks at it totally different. Amen. And I have, you know what I've noticed? That the righteous are not as quick to speak. Sinners get on their bandwagon and get their protest signs out and get real vocal about everything. But us righteous, we're not as quick to say much. Well, one reason we're not is because we know what they're going to say. Well, you're just goody two-shoes. Y'all just think y'all are better than everybody else. So we just kind of keep our peace and don't say too much. Amen? But I want to tell you things have been going on in the spirit realm. Um, hallelujah. Also, in this year, since Christmas, or since the first of the year, we have had a 49 on the Richter scale earthquake in Alabama. If y'all don't think something is going on in the spirit realm, now I know that, but that's a pretty big earthquake for Alabama. This is not California. And I'm like, there are, God, something is happening here. Amen? I know I was kind of dozy that night. I had not had a real sleep, a good sleep night. For several reasons, but um, and uh, I it woke me up. My bed shook like that, and I told Pastor the next morning. I said, you know, either an angel, and I reason, and and I actually heard the the little decorative things I have on my dresser rattle, and I said, and I told him this morning, I said either an angel or a devil <laughs> or an earthquake or something rattled shook my bed in the night, and he laughed. He thought it was so funny. Oh, ha, ha, ha. And then we went to Clanton to pick out carpet, and they went, did y'all hear about the earthquake at 4 o'clock this morning? I'm like, yeah. See, I'm not. He thought I was crazy, but I wasn't. <laughs> Amen. So anyway, I tell you, there's things happening. It is, it is. And that's not to mention all the, well, I mean, we could go over all the, we've, oh, by the way, we've also had a war. I mean, not to mention everything else. Just since January, we have had a war. And, you know, not to mention all the other snipers and... Uh, hallelujah. Something is going on in the spiritual realm. This is not the time for us to quit. This is not the time for us to give up. This is not the time for us to grow weary in well-doing. Amen? It's time for us to just keep bearing fruit. Just keep increasing in the knowledge of God. See, preparing for what's ahead. Not anything real significant might not be happening now that we think it is. But I tell you, we've got great opportunity right now to prepare for what's ahead. We've got a great opportunity to increase in the knowledge of God and to bear fruit in prayer and hold, the, the, hold everything stable. Those of us that are mature need to hold everything stable. Amen? For those that are being tempted 
to and 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 got and even somewhat being successful at just not just backing up. Amen. So we're talking about pleasing God tonight. Romans 8 8, are you there? Hallelujah. So it's been and I'm sure you've thought of things that I didn't think of, but would y'all agree that it's already been a very significant year? And God made us some promises about 2003. He made us promises uh, concerning Psalm 103 in 2003. He made us some promises through uh, Brother Hagen at Winter Bible. There, he, Tuesday night at Winter Bible, there was Brother Hagen. God over in the Spirit prophesied about things that would happen in 2003. And hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We believe His prophets and we prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, 8, it says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, of course, we can take this two ways, but uh, really what it's talking about is the sinner can't please God. If the, the person that's not saved, it don't matter what they do, they don't please God. That's really what it's talking about. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Of course, we know when we get over and act in the flesh. Did y'all ever act in the flesh? That's why I had to go on the vacation, because I was going to get in the flesh. I told Pastor one day about three weeks ago, I said, I'm mad at everybody, so we got to go on vacation. I'm mad at every driver in Tuscaloosa. I'm mad at all the waiters in every restaurant, and I'm mad at all the clerks in every store. So when, when you're that way, you just got to go somewhere and pray. Amen. Joe told me on the phone, I think, or something, he said, he said something about I had to pray. And I said, yeah, that's what I did. And I prayed and I, I'm better. <laughs> Amen. I'm not mad at anybody no more. Hallelujah. So when we're in the flesh, we're not pleasing to God. So we know that. But really, he's talking about the lost here. It says in verse 9, the reason we know he's talking about the lost, because verse 9 says this, but ye are not in the flesh. Ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Family, you are not in the flesh. You might act out in the flesh a minute or two, but you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. Amen? You know, we need to bear with other one another's burdens, as Pastor said. When we look around this congregation, we see people not doing right. We need to bear their burden. We don't need to talk about them and judge them. God has, remember, God has dealt with sin, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. And sometimes people get their heads not screwed on right. Have you ever had your head where it wasn't quite screwed on right? Hallelujah. You needed a check up from the neck up. Hallelujah. Well, people get like that. And we need to pray. When we notice that somebody's got their head all wrong, we got to pray. Amen. Not judge them, not talk about them, not, but pray for them. Amen. We got to remember that they're not in the flesh. That they are in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. But now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And he can't please God. If you ever wondered, do sinners please God? Sometimes we want to say, oh, they're such a good person. They're such a good man. That's not right. And we need to quit calling that good. It's not good. 
and they don't please God. Okay, Colossians 3.20. But I want you to tell you, tell you you're pleasing to God. Amen. You'll just keep on keeping on. You'll have days where you feel like you bear more fruit than others. You'll have days where you feel like you increase more than others. But if you'll just keep on keeping on, you will be pleasing to God. Amen. Colossians 3.20. Your actions will be pleasing to God. In your righteousness, you're pleasing to Him. If you sit down on your can, don't do nothing the rest of the days of your life. Amen. But your actions will be pleasing to Him. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. We don't have any underage children in the room tonight because we sent them out of the room. So we don't have anybody in here that needs to obey their parents. Once you're grown, obeying your parents is not a requirement. Amen. Kevin's like rejoicing over this. Hallelujah. Glory. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> praise God. But I tell you, when when children obey their parents, it pleases God. Now let me say this. That's why we have to make them obey us. Because if we don't make them obey us, they won't be pleasing to God. Sometimes especially like now, I look back and go, man, I was, <laughs> boy, I was, uh, I, I, I expected them to be perfect. I didn't set the standard. I mean, I only set it right at the top. I expected them to be perfect. And I, because I expected them to be perfect, I was hard on them sometimes. But I made them obey God. I mean, I made them obey me, and made the, and that made them pleasing to God. I didn't, I didn't make them. I didn't say, "Now, you obey your daddy." When daddy gets home, d- daddy should not have to be the bad guy because you. And you know, you single moms, you got to be it all. But I wanted my kids to be pleasing to God, so I made them obey me. Got quiet in this Presbyterian church. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not always fun. It's not always fun. Sometimes it is work. I mean, it's always work. Amen. Hallelujah. But you got to figure out how to get it done and you got to make them obey you. Because it and it doesn't say one parent, it says both parents. Obey your parents. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, Well, I'm glad I'm grown. Everybody that has grown kids, I'm glad my kids are grown. Doesn't say that grandparents have to do this. You know, there's things like like Carter, he doesn't want to eat a lot of things at my house. And you know, I just like, if he wants, if he comes to my house and he wants to eat chips and Coke, which is most of the time what he wants to eat at my house, is Cheetos and Coke. But I'm like, this is Colin and Chris's problem. This is not my problem. I am not going to fight with him over it. They can make him eat nutritious at their house, but when he comes to, hallelujah, it's fun to be a grandparent because you don't have to do all this stuff. Now, you know, we don't, if Chris says he can't have any chips, I'm not going to say, just don't tell your mama. <laughs> now, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, whatever she says, we do. Hallelujah. Even sometimes, I, that's one way I get Carter to do some things. I'll say, your mama will be mad at us if we don't do this. 
it works too. I mean, I mean, he ever he understands that. So uh, sometimes that's how I'll get him to do something. You know, I put the buck over on Mama instead of Nanny having to enforce it. But uh, it's great to be a grandparent. But hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One thing we can do as grandparents is we can pray and we can encourage them to obey, you know, their parents. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we cannot purposely, as some of our relatives did, figure out ways to get around what the parents want, you know. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Colossians, oh, we did that one. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. We have to make our children obey us if we want them to be pleasing to God. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 <clears throat> But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. We need to be more cognizant of pleasing God than pleasing men. Amen? And we need to, especially talking in there about what we speak and what we say. More important, more important to please God with what we say than it is to please man. Now, we'll, all of us will run into that confrontation at some time. You know, there's always the temptation to lie. You know, the little white lie, which is not white at all, but is totally black. Amen. The truth's always right, is always the right way. Hail, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So those are things that tempt us to please man, but it's more important that we please God, isn't it? Hallelujah. So when we speak the right thing, it pleases God. That's a, You know, even when we speak the right thing, when we line our mouth up with the Word of God concerning healing, it pleases Him. When we line our mouth up with the devil and sickness, sin, Disease, it's not pleasing to God. We need to please Him by lining our mouth up with His Word. First uh, John three twenty two, talking about prayer again, because we taught, this is a scripture about prayer. In verse twenty one, it says, "Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments." Do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Let me read this from the Amplified because it gives a lot of clarity. 1 John 3.22, Amplified. Thank you, Jesus. God is not hard to please. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Thank you. And, and we... Uh, let me see. And beloved, if our consciences, our hearts, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, if we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God, and we receive from Him whatever we ask because we watchfully obey His orders. I like that. Watchfully obey His orders. Observe His suggestions. Observe His suggestions and injunctions. Follow His plan for us. And habitually practice what is pleasing to Him. We get our prayers answered. Hallelujah. Because we habitually practice what is pleasing to Him. We follow His orders, watchfully obey His orders, observe His suggestions and injunctions, follow His plan for us. Find out and follow the plan of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews 13, 16. We're just keeping going, looking at stuff that pleases God. 
He's easy to please. Hebrews 13, 16. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. This is talking about giving here. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. I believe it's the Amplified that says to distribute. It pleases God when we're generous. I, I, let me just read that from the Amplified because it's really good. Hebrews 13, 16. Thank you, Jesus. Do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good, to be generous and distribute and contribute to the needy of the church as embodiment and proof of fellowship for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Do not forget to be generous and distribute. To contribute. And, and, and what does the King James say? To communicate. And forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. We need to be distributors. You know, a distributor doesn't speak of giving every once in a while. A distributor is constantly giving. Just distributing all the time. I know we had a lady come to our house not too long ago, and she was going to do some work for us. And um, uh, and I could tell she's a Christian, very committed Christian, but I could tell she wasn't used to the giving mode of living. And, uh, you know, just little things that we don't think anything about. Uh, and we were talking about the Adkins diet, and Pastor had this big stash. We had just been to Walmart, and he had this sack full of those carbo candy bars, you know, those no-carb candy bars that cost a dollar a piece at Walmart. <laughs> Little bitty candy bar that cost a dollar. And, uh, but when you're, when you're desperate, it wouldn't matter if it was five dollars, would it? Anyway, so, uh, anyway, so she, she, we were, she was talking about Atkins and her and her husband were on it and are trying, kinda, and he, he was having a really hard time and it's like, so I got that out and said, here, take one, just try it, y'all try it. And she was like, she just like acted like, I, she, you thought I gave her a million dollars or something. I mean, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, take it and try it. And then Pastor was talking about Atkins when he came in and she, he went and got his ketosis strips because he would already got down where he wanted to be. You know, I don't know if y'all know what ketosis strips are, but anyway, he's like, here, yeah, go ahead and take these. She's like, oh, no, no, that's okay. I'll buy some. It's like, see, she wasn't used to the distributing life. And it's not like there's any big deal to us. We isn't anything, anything about it. I, you know, it's just like nothing. And that's how you are. Just constantly, it's like, here, take this, here, here, let me give you one, here. But it's amazing how a lot of people, they know, they, this is not what they're used to. This is our lifestyle. This is your lifestyle. We just, it's just, there's something constantly flowing out of, flowing out of us, all of you. I'm talking about all of us. Something, you know, it's just a constant thing. Amen. Hallelujah. That pleases God. That pleases God. That generosity. It amazes the world. It pleases God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Isaiah 56, 4. Thank you, Jesus. If, 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 if you've gotten stiff, you know, sometimes you can get stiffed in your giving lifestyle. You can get clogged up. 
You know, especially if you've been through a time where finances maybe were a little. But the way to get the flow unclogged is to get liberal again. Get generous again. You're not going to get it unclogged and get God being generous with you until you get generous with those that are around you. Amen? Clutching to keep is not, it, it, it don't even feel good. I can't, I can't like, I don't like to live like that anymore. Do you? And I used to be clutching to keep. I've told this story so many times, but you know, I was a clutch to keeper before I got filled with the Spirit. And Colin, I was a shopper too. I mean, I was, I have always come by that easily. But, and clothes are my ki- kids' clothes. Now, clothes are not my thing so much anymore. You can ask Eric, I just rarely buy him. It's like when you get to be grown, it's like, I don't care if I buy you any clothes. But when little kid, I love little kids' clothes. And so, man, Colin, at two, size two, I mean, we had, and when he outgrew it, we had plastic trash barrels, like like four of them, full of size two. Some of them still had tags on them. Now, I'm not proud of this. I'm not saying, I mean, that's wasteful, and I'm not, but I'm telling you, but I couldn't let go of them. I couldn't distribute them. I, so, I, boy, I had them in those trash cans. Well, then I didn't have any kids coming up because I didn't have another one yet. And then, so, because Eric and Colin are five and a half years apart. Well, five and a half years came by. I still was clutching to keep these clothes. And, you know, <coughs> I had clothes, but they were like, in Collins, they were bell bottoms. Well, he'd be right. I should have kept them for 23 years. They'd be right in style now. But then Eric came, and we were already past bell bottoms, you know, and everything. So it didn't even work, you know. And that it just don't work when we clutch, does it? It just doesn't work. Hallelujah. And I'm glad I'm not a clutcher anymore. Clutching to keep. Fear. Stingy. Can't, can't let anybody worried about my house all the time. Worried somebody would tear something up. Somebody I don't have to think about it anymore. I already got free. Hallelujah. You come over to my house and tear something up. God will just give me something better. Amen. He'll take care of it. Hallelujah. Don't have to worry about somebody's kids coming over. Can just relax. But I didn't used to be that way. Boy, I was a clutcher. I mean, really. Pastor can tell you, we was going to have company. I just got hard on everybody. I just got mean to everybody because I got so uptight. Hmm? I'm not that way anymore. Hallelujah. And I don't even care if the floor swept when you come. I don't. I'm just so free. Hallelujah. I figure it's clean enough for us. It's clean enough for y'all too. If we can live in it, y'all can. (laughs) I say a 56 more. So I'm not, hallelujah. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Hallelujah. You know, we ought to put the, does this please you God test on when we make choices. Choosing the things that please him. How many of you know when you're not choosing what pleases him, you're not going to be profiting? Oh, it might seem like the right way. You know, the Bible talks about there's a way that seemeth right unto man. That's not. Put the choosing test on it. Hallelujah. There's always a reward for choosing what pleases Him. Always a reward for choosing right. Always a cost, family, for choosing wrong. We can say, I wish there wasn't a cost. Maybe this time there won't be a cost, but you watch. 
there's always a cost. It always costs more than we wanted to pay, doesn't it? Always a cost. Hallelujah. <clears throat> John 8, 29. How many of you want to be like Jesus? How many of you believe Jesus is our example? John 8, 29. And he, that ha and he that sent me is with me. This is red letter, Jesus talking. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Hallelujah. I do always those things that please him. Hallelujah. Is that what we're, our motto is going to be? I do always those things that please the Father. I do always those things that please the one that sent me. You've been sent by him just like Jesus has. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how you look at it, but I look at it like no other choice. Because I'm not willing to pay the consequences of not pleasing him. I'm just not willing. I can't pay that price. I can't take that risk. I'm going to try. I'm going to do everything I can and I know you are to please Him. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, I believe it's time to go. I got some more, but we might do that next time. I'll save a little. Praise God. Because there's some things I want to give you next week, if the Lord leads, that God's that, that are not pleasing to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and it's not things you could think. You know, it's not like, well, wear your dress a certain length, or get you a hairdo hoodoo, as Pastor Buzzy calls it. That's not the things that are not pleasing to God. The things that are not pleasing to God are one of the things, I'll give you a hint. Remember when we talked about keeping on going. When we don't keep on going, it's not pleasing to God. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's the kind of things. It's not those outward things. Praise God. You are pleasing to God. You're pleasing God with your lives if you are bearing fruit. And if you are increasing in the knowledge of God. How many of you can honestly say, I have been increasing in the knowledge of God? How many of you can say, I've been bearing fruit? How many of you will say, I want to bear more fruit than I've been bearing? I, I really want to bear more fruit than I've been bearing. I came home from the beach saying, I got to bear some fruit. I was two weeks, of, well, I guess there is a certain amount. Of, there is a time to rest and a fruit to rest in. But hallelujah, you can't be in rest mode all the time. It's time to bear some fruit in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ministry of helps. You know, Pastor hit it tonight. Bear fruit in the ministry of helps. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Bear fruit. Bear fruit. And be the best. Hallelujah. Be the best. You know, it just takes a little extra to be the best. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up together.